0: what's your favorite musical of all time
1: fuck dude all right hold on give me i know it's a loaded question that's a big fucking question because you did just send me a man doing judas to the nth of his life on tiktok i know
0: those videos keep showing up i don't even know where that production is but he's so fucking
1: good i need them so if you were gonna ask me in this moment it's jesus christ superstar only because, fuck, the potential of that musical is, I think, the greatest. Oh yeah, you can. It is the greatest potential of any musical.
0: You can, you can, uh, you can really, you can really fucking kill that musical for sure. Um, and it's
1: truly a no small parts musical. Like yeah. every single person who sings has a chance to be off the fucking rails in the goddamn best way.
0: And I've always, I've always said that I love that it's um, from the perspective of Judas, of course.
1: <sighs> but in the same way, Fiddler on the Roof. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Fiddler is, they're both from the perspective of people who constantly fuck up, but are just trying to do their best. Yeah. So it's a tie. And I love West Side Story. I, I am on record. I am probably getting a West Side tattoo at some point in my life. <laughs> Shocking, right? <laughs> oh no, Tober's going to get a purple tattoo with a woman in white and red and a man in yellow. Like
0: well, You have really thought this out, huh?
1: Maybe once or twice. Maybe it came to me in a dream. Who can say? I am magical. But no, that's that's um that's my top three. There's a bunch that fill out the rest of the top ten. But nice. that's my top three all in the running. Itoutambian?
0: Um top three Hedwig and the Angry Inch.
1: Oof, great call.
0: West Side Story Yep and Bat Boy.
1: Bat Boy is it's you're the one who introduced me to Bat Boy. Heathers is a close fourth. Heathers is up there for me. She's She's in my top ten. Yeah. But man, bat boy, fuck. I
0: love also, Batboy. Also once so weird. again,
1: two <laughs> weeks in a row, shout out to co op. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) They wrote a whole ass musical for a joke. They they wrote a whole ass musical for a joke, and it's good. Documentary Now did not have to go that hard, but they sure did.
1: Also, shout out to Carrie, who just, uh, our good friend, F.S. Chill, who texted me yesterday and was like, we love a documentary now. Shout out.
0: Absolutely.
1: (laughs) And we love an F.S. Chill. Shout out. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time we watched Little Shop, Little Shop of Hummers, Little Shop, oh, you don't forget the words.
0: You mean the 1986 American horror comedy musical film directed by Frank Oz?
1: The very same.
0: By composer Alan Menken. Hello. God
1: damn. God bless you, Alan Menken. Yes. We're going to talk a lot about you in a minute. I'm Nicole. I'm Topher. And we're the Horror Babes. Facts.
0: Wrapping up our Horror Musicals Month, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm very excited to talk about this particular musical. I'll second that. It is off-Broadway right now.
1: It absolutely is.
0: Starring many amazing people, Lena Hall and Rob McClure um, are playing Audrey and Seymour, and one of our dear friends, Aaron Arnell Harrington.
1: Oh, the middle name, I know. even. That's, you God him. Listen,
0: that's how he's credited. That's how he's credited, okay? Um, he's the voice of Audrey, too.
1: All I know him as is my baby boy, Aaron. <laughs> yeah,
0: Exactly. So shout out to shout out to them, that What cast. a cast. I know. What a cast. I wanna, please,
1: please, please, please. If you're in New York, go see them before they close.
0: I'm dying to go see it. Um,
1: we are next month.
0: Yeah. But yeah, so just in case you guys are new here, we are going to be following that normal format. What that means is Topher is going to take us through who made this thing. Shout out the cast and the crew. I'll take us through the, through the plot, mm-hmm. and then we will analyze said plot. Ooh. So Topher, who made this thing?
1: Oh, a lot of good people. Not even close to Junk Carpenter, because I don't think that man could make a musical. If he has one fault, it's that he could not write a musical. Hmm. But, as you said, it was directed by none other than the legendary Frank Oz. Uh Uh-huh. We have somehow never talked about Frank Oz on this podcast. I know. He's not big in the horror genre, but I'm sorry, he originated mm, every Muppet with Jim Henson, his best friend. Right. Uh, he was, I don't know if you've heard of him, a little guy named Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> he also directed one of my favorite films, a uh, great black comedy by the name of Death at a Funeral. Mm. And that's a good, very good Frank Oz no- noise, babe. <laughs> Thank you so you much. He sounded exactly like Grover and or Yoda. <laughs> he was also the original voice of Cookie Monster. Um, but yeah, so Howard Ashman wrote the screenplay. Uh, but it was based on a musical that is based on a pulp fiction film, right? From 1960 by Roger Corman. Roger Corman, we have mentioned many times in this podcast. I think at this point, right? He is a he was a huge sci-fi guy and horror guy on the level of like Howard Hawks, right? Yeah, near enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for our cast, good lord, what a all-star cast. I know. For 1986, this was a huge deal to get all of these people in the same room. Yeah. At any point in time. We had Levi Stubbs. You may know him from a little band called The Four Tops. Yeah. Playing the lascivious, the voracious Audrey too. Ooh. None other than Rick Moranis himself as our Seymour, Seymour Krellborn.
0: Uh, I just remember him from um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids.
1: Or Ghostbusters.
0: I didn't really watch that as a kid.
1: Oh, really? Or Little Giants? No. Really?
0: But I did watch Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, whatever the title is.
1: She should have divorced him in that movie.
0: Yeah. He was so perfect in that movie, though.
1: Yeah. He's perfect in every movie.
0: Yeah. Facts.
1: We have, I think, the only returning cast member from the original Broadway, or off-Broadway run, uh, Ellen Green as Audrey.
0: Oh. The best, Audrey.
1: She's so good. Veteran actor Vincent gardenia as Mr. Mushnick. Mr. Mushnick. The one and only banjo playing stand up giving goofball supreme, Steve Martin. Yeah. As Doctor <laughs> <The dentist>. doctor, <laughs> doctor, Oren Scrivello, DDS. hmm My favorite role in this movie, by the way. As our Greek chorus, we have two women who were on Martin right after this.
0: Yeah.
1: And I loved... I grew up on Martin. Yeah. Um, but Tashina Arnold, Tisha Campbell, and Michelle Weeks. Mm-hmm. A random fucking cameo from Jim Belushi. Yep. A.K.A. younger brother of John Belushi. hmm And free, frequent punching bag of uh, the TV show Community as Patrick Martin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A wonderful cameo from John Candy himself as Wink Wilkinson. <laughs> Christopher Guest, the six figure man, uh, also known for every other mockumentary, uh, as The First Customer. Bill Murray as Arthur Denton, the masochistic dental patient. Mm-hmm. And Stanley Jones as our narrator we have a lot of other roles in here uh it is a musical there are going to be there's going to be more off-camera roles or it is a musical there are going to be more side roles than there are mains yeah but that is our main cast now when it comes to who made the damn thing mm-hmm. david geffen himself of geffen records yeah put the money up behind this and said lego yeah um The actual score for the movie was done by Miles Goodman. Miles Goodman has done so much, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: especially with Frank Oz, um, because right after this, he did La Bamba. Yeah. A great movie. Uh, He also right before this did Teen Wolf starring Michael J. Fox. And What About Bob? Which was the (laughs) Frank Oz follow up to this. Right. Great movie wild as hell our cinematographer was none other than robert painter
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh he, you might know him from you know doing trading places a bunch of superman movies <laughs> like he shot everything um and until he passed obviously but like he shot thriller ever uh, heard of oh, it okay yeah that is a cinematographer from, from thriller Amazing. that's uh that's that's our cinematographer here no wonder it's so goddamn good yeah and we have to, have to, have to shout out our set decorator, mm-hmm. none other than Tessa Davies. Again, you might know her from such movies as The Shining, Yentl, Good Morning Vietnam.
0: I've heard of them.
1: Yeah, a couple of, you know, small films. <laughs> no, yeah. It's not like all of them were nominated for Oscars, <laughs> <laughs> particularly in her department. Uh, no I, I I love 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 the set decoration for this movie um I think it's so pretty we'll get to that in a second yeah but um yeah so all told uh, this movie got a giant budget for what it is 25 million bucks mm-hmm. you know casual yeah uh, it did make its budget back uh, and change 39 million amazing. Runs a tight 94, Yep. which is incredible for a musical. I don't think we've covered one. Actually, no. Rocky Horror is right on like 91 minutes. Yeah. This is the second shortest. Everything Ooh. else runs closer to two hours. Yeah. Including the other ones that we didn't cover but considered. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I, I am so excited to talk more about this movie. But before we do that, hey, babe, can you tell me... Uh, what the fuck happens?
0: A lot. Here we go.
1: Oh, so many things.
0: So we're in the early 1960s. We have a three-girl Greek chorus, Crystal Runnet and Chiffon. Um, they introduce the film, pretty much like warning the audience that some horror is coming their way. It's a really great prologue. It's literally called Little Shop of little Horrors. Shop, little shop of Shout little out man. once again to Alan Mankin. Like, it's a banger. It's man- a banger.
1: God, Alan Menken. Sorry. We're going to talk about him later. I just... Oh. Um, We
0: have... Uh, Seymour Krelborn and his uh, his coworker Audrey they work at Mushnik's flower shop in this like really run down rough neighborhood in New York City referred to as Skid Row.
1: So Skid Row was an actual neighborhood. Yeah. Um uh, right around 59th Street. Mhm. Um there was also Needle Park not far from there. But yeah, Skid Row was a real thing in New York at yeah. the time.
0: Yeah. Um and then they're you know, saying that they, they want more for themselves. They want to escape the neighborhood in a song called Skid Row or Downtown. Um, which also, another banger. <laughs> which
1: also wonderfully references the song. Downtown.
0: Yeah. When you go. Yep. <laughs> um, so the shop is completely run down and also has a lack of customers. Mr. Mushnick is like, I we got to close the store. We can't, you know, survive this.
1: This is the only thing about the movie that doesn't ring true to life is that... A plant shop in the hood doesn't have customers yeah because i go to every plant shop in our neighborhood and it's always full they're always fine
0: right um mr mushnick uh he's deciding to close the door but then audrey's like was like no maybe maybe we'll attract more people by putting um this unusual plant that seymour owns strange in. and unusual yeah putting it in the window and immediately it does attract a customer. Um, Seymour explains that, uh, and
1: that is Christopher Guest, by the way.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that he bought the plant, which he's named Audrey too, so cute. Um, that he he got it from a Chinese flower shop during a solar eclipse during the song Dadu.
1: That near total eclipse. And then, sorry, I'm just going to keep shouting out lines from the 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 songs as we go along.
0: I love that. Um, they're all bangers again. Um, again,
1: there's no there's no weak song in this, by the way.
0: And then um, the plant is starting to wither a little bit. Um, Seymour accidentally pricks his finger and discovers that Audrey II needs human blood to thrive in the song Grow For Me.
1: That's the sound the plant makes. Sorry. That was gross. That's the... That, uh, ooh.
0: And then um, Audrey too begins to grow rapidly and Seymour becomes this like local celebrities like the plant guy, you know? Yeah. Um, But then we learn a little bit more about Audrey. She suffers from, uh, at the hands of her sadistic boyfriend, Oren Scrivello, who's our dentist. Sadistic
1: or like, I mean, he is sadistic, but like he is full on it. She comes, her first scene, she has a black eye.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's abusive. And Mr. Um,
1: Mushnick keeps being like, dude, leave that bum.
0: Yeah, but she doesn't believe she's worth it. Ugh,
1: we're so close to that song.
0: Be sad. Um, however, she has feelings for Seymour and wants to run off with him to the suburbs in the song Somewhere That's Green.
1: Somewhere That's Green.
0: <laughs> and then Seymour uh, continues to feed Audrey to his own blood, which drains his energy in the song Some Fun Now.
1: God, and his fingers are so gnarly.
0: yeah. Um, and then Seymour finally attempts to ask Audrey out, but she turns him down because she has this date with Orin, who is revealed to be a dentist in the song Dentist.
1: The best number in the entire show.
0: It's fun. Um, and then Seymour's closing up the shop. Audrey, too, begins to talk to Seymour, demanding more blood than Seymour can even give. Um, the plant's getting greedy, y'all. The plant proposes that Seymour murder someone in exchange for fame and fortune, as well as the ability to woo Audrey. What do
1: you want?
0: And then Seymour initially refuses, but eventually agrees after witnessing Orin abusing Audrey. Feed
1: me, Seymour.
0: During Feed Me, Get It. Feed me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then after Orin finishes with his masochistic patient, Arthur Denton. Bill Murray. Yeah. Who um, had requested a long, slow root canal? I
1: think I really need a long, slow root canal. I was like like this he gets is sensual. sexual, he gets sensual <laughs> with like, it at least. This
0: is a little sexual. He's getting like turned on. Um, and oh, and then
1: he, he was pitching a pants tent. Oh
0: God! And then Seymour um, pulls his revolver on Oren. <laughs> um, but he, of course, you know, being Seymour, he can't, he can't bring himself Look, to use it.
1: Seymour's a shmuel.
0: And then we've got Oren. I mean, Oren abuses nitrous oxide. He's a dentist, and he's crazy. Of course, he does. We see it
1: constantly. He's the only non-suicidal dentist, and And it's only because he takes laughing gas every three seconds. He
0: puts on this like crazy mask, um, so that he gets this like constant flow of the gas. But then the valve breaks, and Seymour (laughs) doesn't even have to kill him. He just watches. He just doesn't save him. He watches him as he asphyxiates. Yeah, maybe Um, don't
1: abuse drugs, guys.
0: And then. Um, And then Seymour dismembers Oren's body so he can feed it to Audrey too, which has grown to this insane size. Um, But Mushnick sees all of this and flees in fear. Yeah. And then Audrey is feeling so guilty over Oren's disappearance. Um, She's comforted by Seymour, and the two admit their feelings for each other in the song Suddenly Seymour. The
1: second best song in the movie. So
0: cute. Um, And then that night, Mushnick confronts Seymour about Oren's death and holds Seymour at gunpoint, blackmailing him into turning the plant over and leaving town. Seymour has no choice, so he begins to tell... um, tell uh mushnik how to care for audrey too but before he can even reveal the secret there's like this awesome suspenseful moment where he keeps <sighs> mushnik keeps kind of like backing up um the plant swallows mushnik whole in the song supper time
1: poor seymour he only like he's not a good person but he only commits one murder
0: i think he's pushed to do a lot of these things i think that
1: this is the one that makes you feel bad for him
0: i think that poverty can push you to do a lot of things
1: I'm very much aware.
0: Yeah. And so I honestly think that he's just trying to survive.
1: (laughs) He is. It's just like, this is the one that makes me, it makes my heart drop out when I'm thinking about it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Seymour's worried about Audrey Chu's growth and this appetite. He's like, "What? Uh, everyone's going to die, you know? Like, mm-hmm. your, your appetite just keeps growing. Um, he's offered money in this contract for a botany TV show. Seymour becomes really overwhelmed and decides to leave Skid Row with Audrey using money coming the next day and just leaving the plant to starve.
1: Yeah, he. we have this great montage where he's just trying to, like... He's, like, signing all these contracts, yada, 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 but, like all he wants is audrey and not audrey too
0: yeah um and then audrey accepts seymour's marriage proposal audrey too oh my god so cute audrey too catches seymour leaving and demands another meal seymour's like fine um but insists on meat from a butcher instead of a person. Um, and while Seymour is gone, the plant um, calls Audrey and uh, tricks her into coming to the shop and then tries to eat her supper time too, is the song. Mm-hmm. And then Seymour, he comes just in time to save Audrey. She's literally about to like, be inside plant. Um, <laughs> inside Audrey too, they've absolved. Um, and then he escapes the store with her just barely um, explaining that he fed the plan to become successful and win Audrey's heart. Seymour discovers she has always loved him. So none of this was, had any reason. He didn't have to. He didn't have to do this. Um, he didn't have to go to these great lengths um, just to impress this lady who already liked him. Men are stupid. And Seymour. Oh, shocking. uh, They sing Suddenly Seymour, the reprise. And Mm -hmm. they're approached by this executive named Patrick Martin from a botanical company. Seymour is offered a contract to breed Audrey 2 and sell the saplings worldwide. And he's like,
1: absolutely
0: fucking not. Um, I will
1: will not do this thing.
0: He's like, okay, change of plans. We have to destroy Audrey 2 for the sake of all of humanity or else everyone's going to fucking die because of a plant.
1: Um, And
0: then. (laughs) From
1: another planet that does come out.
0: True. Um he goes back to the shop and Seymour learns that Audrey 2 is actually an alien from Outer Space. Mean Green Mother from Outer Space is a song. Audrey 2 traps Seymour and destroys the shop, but he grabs an exposed electrical cable and just electrocutes it, resulting in an explosion and then leaving this destroyed shop, Seymour reunites with Audrey. They get married, they move into the suburbs. It's their dream life. Um but then as the camera kind of pans out, we see a smiling Audrey 2 bud that can be seen among the flowers in their front yard behind that white
1: picket fence. Yep.
0: And that's the end of the movie.
1: It is. uh, But it's not the only ending to the movie. Yeah. So I really want to find this cut. Uh, I've only seen bits and pieces of it. So the original ending, Frank Oz is like, well, I'm going to do a movie musical. I'm going to do it big. Mm hmm. He had a twenty-three minute outro, not unlike Rocky Horror, right? right. Which has a twenty-ish minute outro. Yeah, it's five songs, mm-hmm. and that's the end of the movie, right? So originally, and in a lot of versions of the stage play, not all of them, but most of them, the uh, Audrey Two ends up eating Audrey One. Okay. And so
0: it's not a happy ending.
1: It is not. I it mean, is.
0: the the one that that I just said isn't. It's it's an open ended ending. <laughs> like, there, it sets it up for like a sequel.
1: Yeah, but so originally, what it goes so the sequence in the uh, the original is that Audrey two mm-hmm. attacks Audrey one mm-hmm. and is like, I ate your ex boyfriend and your ex boss. Mm-hmm. Seymour tries to pull her from his jaw from Audrey to his jaws right like happens in the ending that we see but she is like dead mm-hmm. So Seymour's like I'm so sorry I did that to Orin and to Mushnik the second one's a lie he never put Mushnik in the plant right He was there when it happened but yeah. it's Seymour so he's gonna feel guilty right So Audrey one's like look I love you so look. I love you so much, Seymour. You deserve the best life you can have. <laughs> it's a pretty good Audrey, right? It's not bad. I'll work on it. <laughs> but um, she's like, feed him to me. Or feed me him, feed him to him. I'm say what? <laughs> but yeah, no. So she they do the uh, Somewhere That's Green reprise instead of the uh, Suddenly Seymour reprise. Oh. So Audrey, because she knows she's going to die, it's like, we'll find each other somewhere that's green. And it gets oh, it gets so, so sad. much. So this musical is already so dark and so sad, and it was even more so in the original. Damn. So Seymour does so. And tries to jump off the roof of the building, but that's when he gets stopped by the uh the salesman.
0: Oh the marketing. Damn, guy. this is way darker. <laughs> yeah.
1: So Martin's like, yo, let's prop this, uh, let's prop this Audrey 2. Let's get it all over. Let's get it all ready. We've already grown an Audrey 2 from a cutting that I took from you. Oh shit. So he steals a cutting of Audrey 2. He's like, look, I've already got it. That's when Seymour says, nah, fuck this shit. I'm killing this plant. Martin's like, look. Plants are public domain, my guy. You can't own a plant. This is before Monsanto. Right. <laughs> Seymour tries to kill Audrey II, but Audrey II, in the as in the ending that's a theatrical one, tears them on the shop, fishes him from the rubble, and then eats him alive. And that's when it's me and Green Mother from outer space. Uh, the plant spits out Seymour's glasses and laughs. We then see the chorus, and they're in front of an American flag and they go, Audrey Two Buds became a worldwide craze and grew into an army of monstrous plants that began to take over the earth. Uh, And they actually filmed all of this. It took them most of that $25 million budget. They had to refilm because they did a actual green screen plus puppeteering on top of the Statue of Liberty. Like, so they didn't actually put the plant on top of the Statue of Liberty, but they green screened it and had to operate the plant again, which already costs you, I don't know, 500K for the five days that's going to take to shoot. But yeah. yeah, so the U.S. Army fights all of the uh, buds as they ascend the Statue of Liberty and Audrey 2 bursts through the movie screen. Finale, don't feed the plants. Wow. Yeah. So that they shot all of that.
0: Damn, it's so dark. Right? It's so dark. Like...
1: Come on. So test audiences hated it. But I've seen bits and pieces of that finale. It's fucking good. I believe it. It's so good.
0: But I get how it wouldn't be like widely received. And I don't know if they would have made made their money back. Like you kind of do have to tie it into a little bit of a bow, I think. I think especially when you're going into... Like I love that idea, but I think... For the general public, I think that it was a smarter choice.
1: I understand that. Um I'll also say I've seen Ellen Green's performance uh during the Somewhere that's greener prize, and fuck me, I was brought to tears.
0: I believe it. It's
1: like a minute at most, and I sobbed.
0: So this is an example of a, in my opinion, very successful musical film. Partly because throughout the entire thing, you really feel like you really feel like you're on a set. Like it, it has that it has that like Broadway production um, feeling to it, where it feels like you're you put people on a set, you just you know you lit them for film, and then you (laughs) filmed them with that technique that you would a uh, feature film. So that so, that was
1: fully done on purpose. Frank Oz did I believe he that, made yeah. that choice. He's like, I, No, yeah. we could film like on location, but why would we do that? It would cost us more money. And I would rather it not feel like we're in a city of its time, but rather a city out of time.
0: Yeah, no, it it, it feels intentional. That's why I'm praising it. Um, oh totally. Yeah. Because I I think that that's a really smart way to film um, a movie musical, is to lean into the fact that it is a stage show. Like, it was adapted from the stage show first.
1: I mean, the one we keep talking about, West Side. Yeah. Also, fucking uh, Jesus Christ Superstar is all clearly stage.
0: Yeah, and then it used the the fact that it was a different medium to its advantage. Like we always felt like we were on set, but we were able to change the atmosphere a little bit more seamlessly because we could go to a dentist's office. We could go yeah. to, you know, you don't have like as amazing as live theater is. There you know, there's pros and cons to both. You're able to in a in a movie you're able to reset and move location yeah, and well, you know.
1: Hell, I mean, you wouldn't get the shot of Ellen Green singing Suddenly Seymour or sorry uh, somewhere on the screen yeah it's a double crane shot they had to uh, that shot at the very end when she's belting her ass off Mm -hmm. is a two crane shot right and it took an entire day to get it (laughs) they had to start that crane and run it back from her and then hit a second crane and they had them perfectly in sequence because you can't properly cut that together, right. you know, especially like back in the day of like an actual film camera.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really successful because in my opinion, because they, they really leaned into the idea that it was a musical and then they also, but they also used, they were really smart about the aspects of filmmaking that they used to combine that with a musical. Yeah. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> And then the use of puppetry. Uh, oh, using, my God. I mean, we talk a lot about using practical effects versus, like, CGI. This
1: is, yeah.
0: And so, like, honestly, a uh, round of applause for the puppeteer.
1: Oh, I can. Or puppeteers. I, I, do you want me to go in on it? Because I can. Uh, <laughs> so, I actually do know a couple. I've met a couple of people. I shouldn't say I know. I met a couple of people who worked on this uh, film. Because I have two friends who worked for the Henson Company. Okay. Uh, One of whom also was Audrey uh, in our stage production at at college. And the other of whom was the Greek Chorus. (laughs) Huh. Yeah, my friends. uh, Shout out to Sam and Becca. Love you both. Becca in particular worked with the Henson Company for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up doing other work in the theater. It still does other work in the theater industry. They both do. But, um, yeah, I I was really jealous. They both got uh, scholarships to go study over the summer. Mm. Or, like, jobs to go study over the summer um, with the Henson Company. Nice. So the plant obviously was a puppet. Yeah. Um, but in the best way... <laughs> like it's, I think it's my favorite puppet I've seen operated, outside no, of like
0: it's really, it's really good.
1: Other than like the Sarlacc in uh, Return of the Jedi, right? It's up there with that.
0: And I don't even mind at the end when it's being electrocuted; that it's kind of bad CGI. I, I kind of don't it mind that because be. it's ridiculous. It's yeah. supposed to be like they've set it up so well that we know, we know that it's not supposed to necessarily look good. So. You know?
1: Fun fact about that, okay, or about that the later sequence of the plant. So Andre 2 or Tui, sure. uh, <laughs> um, it wasn't looking right on set or in dailies or yeah. on monitor or whatever. Like it just was like not reading correctly with the actors. So they found out that if you shot it at twelve to sixteen frames a second, as opposed to your standard twenty-four. That when you sped it up to 24, it looked a lot fucking better.
0: I love creative problem solving.
1: So they had to they had to fix. Uh, uh, so they then had to modulate Levi Stubbs' voice to fit the 24 frame a second speed up.
0: Right, that makes sense. So it right? didn't sound like a, a mouse singing. Exactly. Yeah,
1: because yeah. he was singing in time with the 16 to the 12 to 16. Right. So they had to adjust his voice so that the plant didn't look weird and actually to get its lip movements right. Because those lip movements are not, those are actual like wires and shit moving the plant's lips.
0: And so it wasn't like, feed me Seymour.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it turns into, feed me Seymour. It's so good. So good.
0: Ugh. Normally you're the one who's flebbing. I don't know what's Yeah, you happening. are somebody. I don't no. know what's going on. I think it was those spicy mushrooms. Oh they um, were good.
1: They were okay mushrooms. They weren't great, but they were
0: fine. Anyway, um but yeah, so we we
1: Oh, I'll I was gonna show on the plant. Oh sure. Oh, sorry. Go for it. So even after all of that, um it still took sixty puppeteers to operate Audrey. I mean, it with the just buds, keeps, the lips, and everything, just keeps
0: getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So, Audrey too, tu- Tui
1: was a big boy, 60, pe- 60 people. Oh uh, yeah, and the director was one of them, which I love. Like like Frank Oz is like, no, I got this.
0: Nice. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about how it's a very successful musical, but something else that we've kind of been talking about all month is like what makes it a successful horror film as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um, And I mean, this is so classic. This is so classic. It's classic camp horror. It's classic monster horror. Mm-hmm. It's classic experiment or something gone wrong or just gone like awry.
1: Well, it's, how is it any different, we, we haven't talked about either of these films yet, but we've referenced them, um, both versions of The Fly. And yeah. actually, scratch that, we've talked about birth, both versions of The Thing. Yeah. It's the same idea. This is a Roger Corman horror film, like sci-fi horror film from 1960, I think it's the original year, and 26 years later, it gets, well, 20 odd years later, it gets adapted into a musical, and then 26 years later, it gets adapted into a movie musical, and it's playing on the camp of being a musical that references the horror but we talked about the alternate ending too right yeah like,
0: that's definitely a darker ending like these characters they a have nothing to lose right b are way in over their heads <laughs> like yeah. whenever you get whenever you get that uh, they didn't know that they were ever going to be famous for anything, much less a an alien plant.
1: Well, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: And an alien plant that therefore, like, eats people and could end society, you know? So, like, that <laughs> and dramatically... And desires, to. Not
1: only could, but desires, to That yeah.
0: dramatically is always going to work really well. Because, again, they will... Because they're wanting so badly to get out of Skid Row and wanting, you know, they're They're blinded
1: by their they're blinded by their desires,
0: but yet this plant has created a completely different problem that they didn't have (laughs) before, and it's made everything worse. So it made things better for a minute and then made it worse. Like, that dramatically in any genre is always going to work.
1: Oh, the dramatic irony is incredible because Seymour doesn't realize... Like, it doesn't hit Seymour until way too late. Seymour's an idiot. Yeah. Maybe a plant genius, but a fucking idiot. Yeah. Andre's sweet. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Mushnik is blinded by greed, as is everybody else. Yeah, but,
0: capitalism has him in a chokehold. But know? it
1: has everybody in this movie in a chokehold. Oh, like, yeah. And in any version of the musical, it's all like, no, we are all... like. I think it accidentally... It, I think it accidentally serves as a critique of capitalism. I don't think it's intended to be that. I think that's right. purely by accident, but it actually works really well.
0: Yeah, and like... Again, this is such a classic like monster story.
1: Well, yeah, again, it's it's adapted from 1960, like that was the time of that vibe.
0: Yeah. So it that's obviously where there's no question about whether it's a horror film. It's even it's listed as a horror film. Oh, totally. And it's wonderfully campy. It is It leans into that genre so, so well, so successfully. And that's what makes it not only a successful musical, but also a successful horror film. And then thus, thus (laughs) a successful horror musical.
1: Yeah. I will say there's only six good singers in the movie. Not on the stage show, but the six good singers are. There's the Greek chorus.
0: That's three. Yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, Steve Martin hmm ellen green and the one woman during skid row the older woman
0: you don't think rick moranis is a good singer
1: oh no i think he's terrible which is so funny because he went on to have a singing career after this
0: i think he's he, i think he's i think he's good i, I don't think he's bad
1: <sighs> he bothers me in this i love him as the actor in this role i hate him as a singer
0: is he always on pitch no but like I don't is know. he ever I'm on gonna... pitch no it it kind of, it works for me. I think he's, I think he's a good singer or he's a, he's not it, a bad singer. I won't say he's a good singer, but I'll say, I think he's not a bad singer.
1: And babe, I'm going to say this with every ounce of love in my heart. You are biased on this. There are so many singers you would not forgive for the same mistakes he makes.
0: I I don't think I'm biased in this because I don't have any particular, um, like I like Rick Moranis, but it's not like,
1: it's not that I don't you have like any
0: loyalty to him. It's not
1: that you have any loyalty mo- to Rick Moranis. It's that I'm usually the actor over singer, and you're usually the singer over actor. In terms of like what you prefer for a singing role, and this is the one case where I disagree. I, just, I love I love Rick Moranis the actor in this, but I can't stand Rick Moranis the singer in this.
0: I just think that he. I think he's just so perfect for the role that I can forgive certain things like I I also don't think like the sound of his voice isn't like grading oh no
1: this is not this is not uh uh Johnny Depp in <laughs> yeah and I
0: mean I talked about Susan Sarandon how her voice is is grading but I also you know but she just is so but perfect I also said role. she's so perfect for the role yeah that, like am I gonna listen to it on Spotify hell no am I I don't listen to this on Spotify either I'm just saying that like I I don't He's not the best singer, but he's, he's supposed to be inadequate. (laughs) Like that's the whole character of (laughs) Seymour. I
1: totally see what you're saying. I'm just saying I've made the same argument before and you've told me to go to hell. (laughs) Well,
0: yeah, because normally those people have grating voices. He at least has like a pleasant, like it's fine. Is he like technically. Oh, I
1: find it, I find it grating. I'm like, does Uh, he have a
0: technically good voice? No, but. And
1: I I think it's great. That's interesting. It's, It's this is an actual like because we've done now four musicals this month. It's interesting to find out like, oh, huh.
0: I think it's also because he doesn't he doesn't sing like.
1: I guess in this he only has like three songs, right?
0: Yeah, I mean he sings the uh, suddenly Seymour uh, duet. He mm-hmm. uh, he sings um, grow grow for me. I think. Grow for me, yeah, yeah,
1: and then. Uh,
0: he has some parts in Green like,
1: Meanie, yeah.
0: Yeah, he has like some parts in other songs, but yeah. the only song that's just him is Grow for Me. I'm pretty sure. I could be wrong. And that's
1: even still a duet. I think he has no solos in the version that, that we have as yeah. a as a movie. I
0: think that's true. I'm not. Don't quote me on it. I don't. I
1: I'd, I'd put money on it. I I could pull it up right now, but like who fucking cares?
0: <laughs> but yeah, fight us
1: in the comments. I don't care. Um, um, so the last thing I want to say about this movie in particular is. In contrast to Rick Moranis, how fucking good is Ellen Green in this? When she sings somewhere that's green, when she changes from the moi" to, like, belting and owning herself, that is an acting moment. That is a singing moment. Those are all choices that make me, like, fall out of my seat, you know?
0: She's just so unique that it's... It's such a gamble that like people are either going to love her or hate her I feel like but the majority of people love her like yeah, luckily I mean... but she has such a unique voice and such a unique presence mm-hmm. that was so unbelievably perfect for to play Audrey that it became iconic like I can't really think of... You have to do it completely different from her. You can't try to emulate it. Yeah. It can't. You you know. You have to have the core of who Audrey is, of course, in your you know acting choices. But sure, you you would be doing yourself a disservice if you tried to emulate her because she is so iconic in this role, and she is so specific and unique. Where again, like she's mesmerizing to watch because just the way that she moves, the way that she speaks, the way that she every sings choice is just so unique.
1: She makes a choice every single time, every single moment she's on camera.
0: And I think it's just. And she-
1: in the back, like in the back of the scenes, she makes choices. And that's something that we don't get to say a lot is that an actor, you can notice that they're making a choice in a good way, not in a bad way. And
0: I think it's just who she is.
1: It, it could be.
0: I, I haven't seen. Her. Just, I've literally
1: not seen her. Any, I know she was in other stuff, but like this is what I know her from. It's
0: literally just like the way the way that she walks, the way that she looks at things, and like I'm just
1: I'm the way she holds herself, adjusts herself, the way that she moves her voice around, like literally around the room in yeah, a sound stage.
0: She she absolutely incredible in this. Um,
1: She's the breakout star for me. Like.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. To me she
1: is the star of this movie. I know that there's a lot of other people in it, and I know that we've shouted them all out. And I know that Dentist is my favorite <laughs> track from this. And like and talk
0: about talk about your your actors really matching the aesthetic like she was perfectly cast in this. Oh matching and the aesthetic, matching just like knew what she was doing.
1: Did you know that the wig was her idea? No. Yeah. So Ellen Green naturally has a uh, brown, like pretty tight curly hair. Mm-hmm. The blonde wig that's straight and so fifties to the nth degree.
0: There's a lot of hairspray in there, yeah.
1: It's her. That was all her idea.
0: I love that. Um,
1: it was originally for the the stage production, and they wanted to keep it. I love that. Yeah, she's like, no, she should be like.
0: She's kind of a caricature.
1: Yeah, she then sh-, like she's like she should be a weird Marilyn.
0: Yeah, she's she's uh, yeah exactly Marilyn who
1: didn't make it out is basically was her idea for it. Yeah, that which makes I love. Sense. God, sorry. I just can't think. I, th- th- there's This is one of those movies that I'm like, I just can't heap enough praise on it. I actually, other than Rick Moranis, I don't have a problem with it. Um, I also, I don't love the Bill Murray scene. It's kind of whatever to me.
0: It's weird, but I mean. It,
1: I'd rather have had the original ending than that, <laughs> you know? Right. It's also knowing what we know about Bill Murray is like. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't really want to praise him at all. Um, and it's just, it's a so-so cameo from him. But Steve Martin is fantastic. Steve Martin kills this role.
0: Definitely. He's well, he's very evil, but goofy at the same time. It's also,
1: perfect. Also, another role that Jack Black could have played. Yeah. You said you are going to ask that every week, and... Uh, that's true, yeah. I'm answering it before you can ask it. That I, is, I think that's the that's, role. He's a dentist. I think that's a
0: very obvious, yeah. Yeah. Placement.
1: I could see him as Seymour.
0: Oh my God, that would... <laughs>
1: Come on. It
0: would, it would be it's off his, the rails, but it'd be... But it's his character. I'm not it's saying School I wouldn't of Rock. I'm it's not, him in School of Rock. I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it. Him <laughs> and Joan Cusack as, as oh Audrey. Oh
1: <laughs> my God. Just
0: extend that they, School of Rock scene. Just... Phew. I know.
1: Sorry, I'm... For those who can't see us, which is everybody but Nicole right now, I'm just making the mind-exploding thing because... I actually really want to see that production now. It would be unhinged. <laughs> the over fifty version of this. I was.
0: It would be unhinged with all caps, all caps unhinged with cursed
1: with Alfred Molina as Mister uh, 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 as Mister Mushnik.
0: Danny DeVito's Audrey too. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just absolutely unhinged. <laughs> it's like feed me.
1: Feed me, Seymour. I'm the treeish man.
0: <laughs> God, this is like ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, so. to tie all of this up, uh, let's let's uh, since this is our final episode of the month in this, you know, horror musicals theme.
1: We do love tying it up.
0: Yeah, let's let's tie it up into a really cute little bow here. Our final kind of final thoughts about like the genre as a whole.
1: Yeah. So I've got a question for you about the subgenre.
0: Okay. Hit me.
1: Do you think the horror musical works? It's a big question, but it is something we should talk about. Like that's like that's the question we're asking with this whole month, right?
0: You're you're asking the person who who's one of their top three is Bat Boy.
1: Yeah, but I'm like I, okay, so maybe I should phrase it better, right? Yeah. And I do love that answer. That was very cute and accurate. And me too, but. My, my my concern, my question is is there a musical that is so engaging and yet so horrifying that it lands on the level of, say, Evil Dead? And I mean the, the, the remake with Jane Levy or that lands on the level of Blair Witch or The Witch. Something that like truly horrifies but engages you. Is there a chance for a musical horror film to do that? or stage. I'm I'm fine with either.
0: I would argue that the stage version of Sweeney Todd can achieve that. I've seen good productions, I've seen okay productions of Sweeney Todd, but I think I think there's enough horror there that it could produce that much because it's so dark and there is so much blood. Um, there's a lot of gore. It's just, um, I think to, I think it's difficult to completely do a horror musical in complete earnest. I think that it needs to, yeah. in a way, have some form of camp. Otherwise, otherwise it becomes funny in the wrong ways. Like it becomes funny in the way that like the room is funny to us.
1: <laughs> like Sure. It, in that it's an earnest attempt but it just falls flat.
0: Yeah. Cuz think- you and I
1: both have a lot like we you and I don't shit on the room. Like it's a bad movie but it's a bad movie made in earnest.
0: Yeah. I think it's um so I think it's very very difficult, but I think the closest... Because Batboy is extreme. In case you're not familiar, it's extremely campy. It's... um Yeah. And I've seen productions where they've taken it way too seriously and not gotten the jokes and it's not landed. You have to lean into that kind of like crazy campiness. Like, this is insane. Um, because the whole plot is just ridiculous. Sure. But... um Yeah, I... I I don't know. I think, I think Sweeney Todd is maybe the closest that you could get just because it is essentially a slasher musical.
1: It is, and I still... So, rebuttal, right? Great. <laughs> Not on purpose, just because I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, yeah, you're so right and I completely disagree with you in the sweetest way. Um, I don't think horror and musicals mesh. I think there's something missing from either. Like, it can be a great musical. And it can be horrifying. Like Batboy, like Heathers, like Sweeney Todd. Hell, even Mean Girls is horrifying if you play it in the right way. But my problem is that there's something about the medium of the musical that's never quite translated to horror for me. And I want it to. And obviously they like they can exist together, but I can't get the same experience I get from my favorite horror films.
0: I understand that I that. get from
1: any musical version thereof. And I love Rocky Horror. Um I love every well, I love three out of four of the movies we covered this month. And I just none of them have ever quite worked for me and I have a hard time seeing how you can do it on stage with and get the horror across without doing it earnestly. You know what I mean?
0: I understand that, um, mainly because in musicals you literally break into song, um, and and that that can either like heighten a moment or take away from that moment in occasion. On occasion, um, and that's why I say that like you kind of have to lean into the campiness of it a little bit, or else it's not like you can't do it earnestly essentially because that's my problem right well yeah i mean that's i i think i think you're right in in saying that like because of that it won't like that's fine you know that's your opinion that like because of that it it just won't ever work for you but i i think that because the horror genre is so expansive and such a huge part of it is camp I'm okay with the with musicals always leaning like horror musicals always leaning into that campiness. I don't think it makes them any less of like a horror film just because they oh, are yeah. leaning into the camp. No, totally. Yeah, um, and I think I think they both serve different purposes. Like if you want to um, it, it be, you know thrilled in that way and in a horrifying way like go and watch you know a horror film if you want to be thrilled in you know that different way um that musicals can provide go you know watch that like that's why they are also separate but also can be combined and i think i think that if you if you do combine them you know you kind of I would love to see it, you know, maybe it would be successful if it was, like, a Spring Awakening type type deal where the music doesn't necessarily, like, if you listen to the music, you have no idea yeah. what the fuck's going on, but you love the music, and then you see the show and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, like, I get that, like, where they literally pull microphones out of their, like,
1: right. suit jacket yeah. or, like,
0: whatever, um, I could see maybe that happening. Like, I didn't see Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson, but apparently that one was pretty okay. I don't know.
1: It was, yeah, that's, I didn't see it either, but I, I, I watched a couple, of boot, well, allegedly I watched a couple of bootlegs of it.
0: But, like, I, I don't know. I would, I would be interested to see it done maybe without camp. I just, I'm, I'm a little skeptical. Um, but, honestly i think an attempt at that would be better than a lot of the things that i've seen on broadway or you know recently so i don't know um Um,
1: would you like to guess my well i would you like to know my uh my dark horse contender no for the
0: (laughs) kidding wow yes go ahead
1: my dark horse contender for best non-horror but actually horror musical next to normal it is the only one that you can play in earnest that is fucking horrifying.
0: Yeah, but I you can't say that it's that it's horror though. It can be horror. It's, it's not.
1: It's horrifying. I'm saying it's like that's the that's the vein that they should push though. That's that's my thought, right? Right. If we want, because I want to see one that's non-campy. You know, like I love camp. Again, my life is fucking camp. Look at my closet, <laughs> <But> <laughs> and see how I'm not inside of it anymore. Like, I'll take that again. It was a bad joke. That was a bad joke. Tried, didn't land. Like, I love camp, right? But I I want to see someone really genuinely try to do a horror musical that is not campy. You and I both have been in productions of Dracula. Uh, You were in a musical one. I was in a uh, mostly straight play, but like, I just want to see a good old college try of someone making a horror musical that is intended to be taken earnestly no jokes all straight right does that make sense
0: totally it absolutely makes sense I I it's gonna
1: be hard but I, I would think go it's doable. S-
0: I would go see it whatever it, you know if there was a contender um but I uh I think because you break into song uh, by you know nature of that medium i think you need to make it you need to lean into the ridiculousness of breaking into song
1: maybe and again i might be the first person to ever say this but next to normal gives me hope (laughs) right (laughs) i can't believe that came out of my mouth but it gives me hope for hereditary the musical oh my god no that would only be camp good god yeah we so, need to hire somebody who's talked to a woman to write it. Yeah. I haven't said that in a while.
0: Wow, yeah, it's been a minute. That's been a it's long been a time. Yeah. I was known
1: for that for a while. Of, uh, but we haven't brought up uh, AA in a minute. <laughs> AA, <laughs> yeah,
0: this is true. This is true. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's that's kind of that's that's all I really had to say that's, about this. That's, that, you that, know, that brings that up my feelings. Up. Yeah, that wraps up my feelings. Hey, high five! I feel, I feel heard. Another um, uh,
1: another theme theme musical. Nope. Another themed month down in the books. Another October done. Absolutely. This is our third October. Fourth October? 2019. This is our fourth October, babe.
0: Wow. Holy shit. Look at that. We
1: started four years ago. Look at us. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Not me.
0: Yeah. So we hope that you guys have a absolutely fabulous Halloween. Dress up. Eat. Candy. Drink responsibly <laughs> or
1: not. Or um, don't. You know. I don't give a shit. I'm not um, your
0: dad. But yeah, have have fun and um, be safe first that, that and foremost. True. Be safe and be nice to one another. Mm-hmm. It should be a fun, lighthearted holiday. Facts. So you guys know where to find us. We are on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. we on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. We have a website, HorrorBabesPod.com. And until next time, it'll be November. The next time you're listening to us. Roof. Have a wonderful Halloween. And yeah. until next time, bye, bye babes.
1: Hey, babe. Yeah, babe.